Let's talk about temptation. (laughs) Temptation is, as you know, all around us. There's the temptation to say the wrong thing, eat the wrong thing, do something we shouldn't, eat something we shouldn't eat. Sounds awfully negative, doesn't it? Wrong, wrong, don't, shouldn't. What a pain. And yet, I want to say that temptation isn't a bad thing at all. Temptation is a good thing because it clarifies our moral choices. It's half of the conversation when our consciences are talking to us. And it's the opportunity for us to choose the right and the good thing. When most people read this account from Genesis from our first reading, they think that the temptation is the serpent saying, here, have an apple. Or maybe the temptation is, God didn't really mean that tree. Most people probably think that the temptation was Eve offering the apple to Adam. But I think there's a more insidious temptation here, and it's the temptation to blame. Adam says, it's all her fault. And Eve says, it's all the snake's fault. And neither of them is interested in taking any responsibility. So the transgression against God's direct command is compounded by lies and blame that damage the relationship between Adam and Eve. I have observed that the first task in dealing with any crisis is to assign blame. Several years ago, there was a small fire in the building that I lived in. In one of the first floor offices, a coffee pot caught fire and it filled the whole first floor with smoke. The fire trucks came, it was really very exciting. But what I found most interesting was the guy who first discovered the fire. Instead of calling 911 or running for a fire extinguisher, he ran out into the hall and shouted, who's making coffee? (laughs) The temptation to assign blame is never very far from the surface, is it? And really the point of this little story in Genesis isn't to assign blame for the sin in the world because allegorically speaking, we're all responsible. And sadly, some people don't really understand the difference between sin and temptation. I can tell you that lots and lots of times when people come for confession, they confess that they were tempted as if to simply think about doing something wrong was somehow the same as doing it. And it's not the same thing, of course. Sin and temptation are different things. Jesus was without sin. But the gospel today tells us that Jesus was tempted. So why was he tempted? Well, let's go one step further back and ask why Jesus was in the desert in the first place. Our gospel today from Matthew chapter 4 takes place immediately before Jesus begins his public ministry. He went out in the desert to prepare himself. And this temptation is a critical part of that preparation. In fact, it's the only part that the gospel writers tell us about. 
It's very clear at the very beginning here in chapter 1 that Jesus went into the desert in order to be tempted. Before he could begin his public ministry, Jesus had to have some clarity about who he was and why he was embarking on this mission. And each of these temptations works to clarify for him what he's all about. These are all things that he has to know before he starts down the long road that will lead to his final temptation, his passion and death. So the first thing that the evil one offers Jesus is food. After 40 days and nights of fasting, he was hungry. And the temptation was to first satisfy himself and not rely on God to provide for his most basic needs. And by answering, not on bread alone does one live, Jesus is making it clear that dependence on God is even more important than satisfying his physical hungers. The second temptation is for Jesus to throw himself from the parapet of the temple to force God to come to his rescue. This is a hard one, and it parallels Jesus' final temptation in the Garden of Gethsemane. Destroy yourself and God will come to your rescue, right? God wouldn't let anything bad happen to you, would he? Prove to me that God loves you by forcing God to rescue you. The third temptation was about power. The evil one offers him dominion over every nation on earth if he will just surrender his loyalty to God. And Jesus responds that God alone is to be adored. And by saying this, he's acknowledging that he's being lied to. The devil is offering something that isn't his to give. It's a lie. Power and honor and glory cannot come from evil. Ultimately, they come from God because they belong to God. One important lesson for us here is that our temptations aren't always real. We can be tempted by illusions and lies. We can be tempted by people offering us what we want to hear. Sometimes we call that advertising. Jesus ends the conversation by saying he's not going to give in to evil, and he restates that God alone is deserving of homage, and no other power can offer him anything. And we know that at the end of the gospel, in the garden, Jesus faces this temptation again. He wrestles with it and faces his death without asking God to save him. All of these temptations serve to clarify for Jesus who he was and what his relationship to the Father was. And temptation can work the same way for us. It allows us to have these same conversations and to discern who God is calling us to be. And it's very, very difficult to resist. And sometimes we fail. But don't flee your temptations without confronting them. Use your temptations to make clear moral choices about your life, your relationships, and your behavior. The biggest temptation, I think, is to believe that we're not being tempted, that we simply have some choices to make, and we can choose one way or another, and it doesn't really make any difference. But it does make a difference. 
One of the things that Lent teaches us each year is that we are tempted and our choices matter. And that's why we go into this metaphorical desert every year, why we need a time of prayer and fasting and almsgiving. It's why we need to give things up for Lent, because we need an opportunity to face temptation head on. When we're tempted and know that we have the opportunity to make the right choice, that's when God's grace is the strongest in us.